My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I believe in scratch cooking, fresh ingredients, and positive energy. Join me on this culinary journey as we discuss the weekend food, and I break down a recipe step-by-step for you to make it home. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Hello, good morning, hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I hope that you had an absolutely amazing Thanksgiving. How are you? My Thanksgiving was a little bit of an up and a little bit of a down thing. I was on my feet for two days, and by the time the meal came around on Thursday, I was a little bit drained, I was a little bit out of it. I still had an absolutely wonderful meal with Rebecca and her daughter. It was wonderful to spend time with them on the holiday. I want to tell you guys all about all of the just crazy ups and downs of, of my Thanksgiving dinner when we get a little bit later into the episode here. But I hope that you had an absolutely amazing holiday. I also got to do a family Zoom call. Rebecca's family did a little Zoom call since her sister's in Arizona, her parents are in Virginia, and of course, with the pandemic, nobody's going to travel anywhere. So yeah, we were all very, very thrilled to get to spend that time talking to each other. And it was really, really great to meet her family because I had not actually quote unquote met them before. But whatever you did, I do hope that you celebrated safely and that you had an absolutely, absolutely wonderful holiday. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Thanksgiving holiday by talking a little bit about 2019. So 2019 was a pretty big year for me. It was a year of uh, of kind of upheaval. My marriage ended at the end of 2019. Thanksgiving was the first holiday that I was going to spend alone. I didn't really know what that meant for me, and I didn't really know at the time in 2019 exactly what I was going to try to do. And I made the very late decision in 2019 to prepare Thanksgiving dinner, even if it meant preparing it for myself, because there's something so therapeutic for me. There's something so just peaceful about cooking about being in a kitchen, about creating, about spending literally a day and a half, two days, whatever the case may be. Rebecca's laughing at me right now because I say that all the time. I've actually consciously had to cut it out of the show because I know I've said it so much. (laughs) We should do like a little counter and you guys can like ding the little counter or whatever. I was was about to say it again. I just about said it again. (laughs) But I decided to make... A Thanksgiving dinner for myself. Whether anybody else was going to eat it or not, didn't matter. I wanted to make it for myself because I was determined that my life was not going to downturn, that I was not going to get miserable and bitter and upset and negative, and I wasn't going to let life beat me. And I wasn't going to give up, especially not on myself. I've unfortunately, you know, had a number of people in my life at different stages, be they family, friends, 
people in relationships, whatever. I almost said whatever. <laughs> I almost said it again. I've had people give up on me a lot in my life. But I think what's most important, and this is, you know, our positivity for the week is don't ever, don't you ever give up on yourself. No matter what it is, because I think back to Thanksgiving 2019, I think back to what my life was like a year ago, and I think about what my life is like now. Now, granted, there's a pandemic, so the world around us has all changed so much since November 2019. The world looks so, so different in a lot of ways. But it's also, it's much, much more than that. It's, you know, there's just this, this positive energy that I've allowed to take over my life. I became this person that I once was. And then I just decided to amplify that. And I decided I wanted to spend time every day and spend as much of my life as possible just putting positivity out there and just giving back to people out there just giving something to people out there to try to make them happy to try to lift others up and to try to make their lives a little bit better and I'll tell you what it changed my life so instead of wallowing instead of being negative instead of just giving up on myself and just sinking into this pit of despair and, and, and misery and you know giving up on my diet giving up on drop the sugar gaining a bunch of weight back or whatever the case may be I did it <laughs> I could have given up on me don't ever give up on you because you never know if you keep fighting if you stay positive if you keep working for a better future, if you keep pushing yourself forward and you refuse to let yourself be afraid, or even if you let yourself be afraid, let it in a little bit, just let it in for a little bit, then deal with it, push past it, because your life can look so much different in a year. I am living proof that your life can be so, so much different. Let's all take a moment here and close our eyes. And just ask yourself, what am I fighting? What is the greatest battle that I am fighting right now? Just take a moment and just think about that battle in your head. And then take another moment and then think to yourself, what do I need to fight this battle? What do you need to win this battle do you have it already or is it something that you need to go out and get or something that you need to work toward no matter what it is no matter what it is you're battling no matter what it is you're facing I promise you your life can and will get better but it starts with you do not ever give up on yourself you cannot ever give up on yourself. When do you start your Thanksgiving prep? Mine for me started on Sunday. 
and we went to the grocery store last Saturday and we had purchased all of the things that we needed for Thanksgiving dinner. And then the next day, last week's featured recipe, the turkey brine that I talked about, bloop, plunked that turkey into the brine on Sunday morning. Now, this was a 23-pound bird. So I knew from past experience, this bird's still going to be partially frozen by the time I get to it, middle of the week, to prepare for it. Sure enough, I got to Rebecca's house to begin my Thanksgiving Eve preparations, which meant taking the bird out of the brine, getting the excess water off of it, and then setting it on the roasting pan and just letting it sit so the skin could dry out, so the skin could get nice and crispy, or at least crispier. And <laughs> almost like halfway frozen still. Is halfway frozen still. So, I mean, one the one kind of thing about that is, is that brine didn't get a chance to penetrate like the deepest of the meat on the bird, unfortunately. Now, you can still cook a partially frozen turkey. Typically, if you've got a bird that's still partially frozen, you just add like 25% to the cook time, give or take. And, you know, I did have to leave the turkey in about a half an hour past when, you know, because it has that little internal timer, which you never should trust on its own. And the bird, I don't think it was done because it was so partially frozen. So I let it go for another half an hour and it did turn out perfectly. I tented it with foil and rested it for roughly 30-ish minutes while I was preparing the gravy. Rebecca was helping me a lot, motoring around in the kitchen, making the cornstarch slurry and everything to add to the gravy. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for all of your help on Thanksgiving Day. It was invaluable. Yeah, so this bird was so partially frozen. But everything worked out perfectly. I made an herbed butter again. Check out that quick bite episode if you have not had the chance to. There's going to be another quick bite episode later this week about cranberry sauce. And no, I'm sorry. Not the slurpy come out of the can kind. That's actually something I'll talk about in that quick bite episode. But it didn't quite jelly the way I wanted it to because I had to make a deal with Rebecca because she really loves that canned cranberry sauce. And it's like 24 grams of added sugar and high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> but it just, it didn't get gelatinous enough to where it set up into like that kind of canned blob. Because I stored it in the can with the very purpose, you know, the thought of pouring it right out of the can the same way. But, you know, it's something I'm going to have to keep working on. I did actually press this through like a wire mesh colander because I didn't want the skins in there. I wanted to take the skins out of there because, of course, you just want that delicious, beautiful cranberry sauce. It also could be just the number of different things that I add to it because I add a bunch of different citrus elements to it. Orange zest, orange juice, lemon zest, lemon juice. But I did change the recipe somewhat from my original recipe. So, like I said, I'll talk about that more in the quick bite episode coming up. I also made the pies on Wednesday night. Pumpkin pie. I roast the pumpkins. I get pie pumpkins. Rebecca and I got them. We went to the cider mill here in Endicott where I live sometime back in September and I picked up a bunch of pie pumpkins at the time, roasted them with some cinnamon and nutmeg until the rind just bloop, pops right off of them and then pureed it down into pumpkin mash, which I froze and then, you know, thawed out to make the pies. Turned out absolutely amazingly. And uh, my homemade pie crust actually 
I, I've never been a very confident pie crust maker, and I think this was honestly the first year that I really nailed it. I cubed up my butter in shortening, and I chucked it into the freezer, let it get good and solid. Now, my chunks were probably a little bit too big. If you saw any of the photos of it on social media, make sure you're following me on social media, at Nikolai's Kitchen, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, so you can see all the things that I'm pumping out of my kitchen whenever I'm pumping them out. But yeah, I just, I think the chunks were maybe a little bit too big, you know, but that said... The pie crust was extremely workable, turned out perfectly, rolled extremely well. And so the pie crust for that and for the blackberry raspberry pie both turned out excellent. The strudel topping for the blackberry raspberry pie also turned out excellent. I will talk about the recipe for that at some other point in the future. I've just got so much content to get out to you guys because of the holiday, but I don't want to like inundate you either. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'll definitely get more of these recipes out kind of in the in the coming months as quick bites or whatever the yeah. I'm so conscious of when I say it now. I'm so I'm so conscious of it. I can't help it now. <laughs> you you guys know what I mean? Like it's it's a word crutch. It's a word crutch. And one of the things when I first started doing podcasting way back in the day, you know, when we started Epic Film Guys, Justin and myself, we would both um a lot. And he and I had come from a call center background. So we had largely had that kind of thing bred out of us because it was actually like a call quality thing in the call centers that we worked in where you weren't allowed to do that on phone calls or you would get dinged. You would lose points. And I had to consciously train myself to not say, um, to force myself to take pauses. But then what I found is that instead of saying, um, other word crutches and other sentence crutches would just take its place. Things like, you know, things like like, or now things like whatever the case may be. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Please check out if you haven't, ladies and gentlemen, over on Patreon, the episode for tart apple pie with a cookie crust. Now, I decided to change my recipe this year, and of course, the full recipe is available over on Patreon, but I did decide to change the recipe a little bit this year for my previous iterations of it, and I didn't pre-cook the green apples because I wanted them to have a little bit of snap to them, so they still did. I love that nice kind of like textural bite to it. I think it actually worked out really perfect. And the cookie crust actually, because I changed the recipe for that as well, because I have this habit, guys. I don't know about you. Whenever I'm transcribing recipes, because I'm terrible at transcribing recipes, because I'm not a recipe person. Usually I just kind of go. I just kind of know the recipes that I have in my head. So doing this show is a challenge for me because I have to transcribe everything to the ingredient because I want you guys to replicate these dishes in your own home. So when I transcribe these recipes, I forget things all the time. I did a buttermilk waffle recipe that didn't have buttermilk in it. It didn't have any liquid in it whatsoever except for butter and eggs. <laughs> The first time I ever made it after, you know, after restaurant, you know, it was, it was quite a long time later. I hadn't made it in quite some time. I was like, wait a minute, where's the buttermilk? How do you make buttermilk waffles without this? This was also the case with the tart apple pie crust because I didn't have any butter in it. And like, I looked up a, a bunch of other different recipes for pie crust. I looked at my old recipe for pie crust and I kind of just compared all of them to the cookie crust to maybe see if there was a way that I could get it a little bit closer to pie crust than cookie. So it would be more workable. The problem is, is that I think it was too close to cookie and it was just 
you know, less workable that way. Yeah, I had not nearly enough fat in it. Not even close. And especially with all the additional elements that go into it, ugh, just it set up perfectly though. I got the, the lattice crust set up perfectly. I was legitimately celebrating and dancing around in the kitchen because I have not done a lattice on an apple pie in a long time. I was so, so thrilled that it's set up. It does end up thicker, but I don't care because it's got that kind of softer, more cookie-ish consistency to it and a little bit of a sweetness to it. So it's not quite just as bland as just normal old pie crust. And it had a nice, good flakiness to it because I had those big globs of butter and shortening all through it. But the big day came and the turkey went in and the stuffing, everything came together perfectly. Honeycrisp apples and cranberries that had a little bit of a sweetness to it, actually. And I used last year's turkey stock to finish the deal. And oof, so good. Just turned out so, so amazingly. The gravy, oh, the gravy. I put all that herbed butter up underneath the skin and up over the top of the skin. And yeah. All that butter just melts down and goes into the pan dripping. So then when you pour that off into gravy, all the turkey fat and butter just kind of settles at the top to just make this like oil slick at the top of your pan. And I should have poured it off and I just was so busy bouncing around. You guys know how it gets when it's getting ready to be time to plate everything and get all the serving dishes ready and get them on the table. That's like crunch time. You're zooming around the kitchen trying to get everything ready. Wasn't paying enough attention. Left all that fat in there. And when you dump the slurry in there, yeah, doesn't care doesn't even care, doesn't even notice it's in there. So I had to wait, turn off the heat, pour off all of the excess fat and butter and oil that I possibly could. And then I added a little bit of turkey stock to it to reconstitute it. And then the cornstarch that we had already added was plenty. I actually did a little bit more just to be on the safe side. But yeah, then gravy set up absolutely perfectly. Mashed potatoes came together like a dream. It was an all in all, a, a very, very good Thanksgiving dinner. It was a very, very good Thanksgiving effort. I did, as usual, try to change a couple of things up, try to do a couple of things new. The herbed butter is definitely something I've done before on turkey. But I also, when I made gravy this time, I chucked uh, half an onion, just quartered it, chucked it in there, and a whole bunch of garlic, just chucked it in there as the gravy was reducing down just to give it a little bit more flavor, just to punch it up a little bit more. And of course, I took everything at the end, whole carcass, all of this stuff from the brine. And this is the first year I did this. When I made the brine, I reserved everything that was in the brine. So your, you know, onions, your celery butts, your, you know, everything else that I did to make the brine, I reserved it in its own bag in the freezer. And then when it came time to cook down the carcass to make the stock, boom, chucked all that in there. Number one, you don't have to salt it because all that stuff has already captured a bunch of that salt from that brine. And I don't want to salt my turkey stock anyway, because a lot of it's going to be further reduced into things like risotto. So you don't, really want to do that to it but i did that i made a giant giant bowl of it which i actually have a little bit of a storage problem for right, <laughs> right now i mean just it's one of those things that happens you know but thanksgiving for me turned out absolutely wonderfully and i was super super thrilled to get to spend it with rebecca it was our actual first holiday together so it was really really wonderful to spend that time with her 
So I'm going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen. If you're ever curious about the music that plays the beginning and the ending of the show or that plays throughout the show, please check out the links and the information down in the show notes. You can find all the information on the artists and everything down there. I either have the rights purchased for it or it's all royalty free. So do make sure that you check it out. It's all really, really amazing. If you ever catch me streaming, I always use Lucas King, which is a lot of the music that you hear. I always use a lot of that when I'm streaming as well because it's just nice and peaceful and just good. I just love it. So check this out. Take a listen to this. And we will be back on the other side of this to talk about this week's featured recipe breakdown, which is an herbed butter salmon. You guys do not want to miss this. Stay tuned. ready to announce at 40 years of age I love salmon I've never been able to say that before in my life because I'm somebody who has grown up extremely averse to any kind of seafood and I've never had it prepared particularly well ever in my life and salmon especially was something that I've only had once before I started dating Rebecca and that was at my sister's wedding and it was okay, but it wasn't anything I ever wanted to eat again. I was like, okay, this was fine. I will never eat this again. So when I started dating Rebecca, she eats a lot of seafood. And I really, really want to learn more about different types of seafood because I feel like a lot of my food prejudices, we'll call them, I feel like a lot of them come from early age or bad experiences I had a long, long time ago. So I at least want to give things a decent enough crack. And maybe if I am cooking them fresh, if I am cooking them from scratch in my kitchen, maybe I can give them another shot. So I said, yes, let's do it. Let's do salmon. So she made this pecan crusted salmon that she normally does. She made that for me first time. Now I came up with the idea of adding a pan sear to it. But the recipe, the, the, the spice rub and everything, entirely hers. And it was good. It was very good. The spice rub was incredible. The pieces of salmon, however, were varying thicknesses. So unfortunately, hers was a little over and mine was a little under. So, you know, it just didn't turn out as consistent because those were unfortunately the pieces that she got from the butcher. So... I wanted to give salmon another crack, but I really, really wanted to give this one a try fully on my own because I want to be able to make seafood for her because she loves seafood. And like I said, I always felt like there were a few different types of fish, especially and a few different types of seafood I'd probably be able to get into. So with that said, herbed 
butter salmon. Now again, go check out that quick bite for herbed butter if you have not, but this herbed butter features very, very heavily dill. A lot of dill, in fact, and in the episode art for this episode, you can see we had enough dill to make a giant bed of it for the salmon when it went into the oven. And there's still a ton of this bunch of dill left. I don't know why they sell it in this monstrosity of a bunch. I mean, I guess what else do you really use dill for, though, I guess, except for pickling things or, you know, I don't know. But nevertheless, we had a lot of dill. So the herbed butter used a ton of of dill. So you can take out like from the herbed butter, take out the rosemary and the thyme, take out the stronger of the spice elements. And you don't want those stronger things in there because this is fish and you don't want to overwhelm it. Replace all that with a lot of dill. Specifically three tablespoons of dill, a clove of garlic, a tablespoon of sage, a tablespoon of parsley, some cracked black pepper, some salt, and the zest of a lemon. Get a stick of butter, Bring that to halfway between room temperature and not. You don't want it to be super melty room temperature temperature, but you don't want it to be refrigerator hard. You want it to be somewhat pliable, kind of like a molding clay where you can use a spatula and you can press and you can fold and you can incorporate all of those spice ingredients finely chopped into your herbed butter. Okay. Then what you're going to want to do is get some wax paper, take your herbed butter, Flatten it out, you know, with the palm of your hand, just lightly press, 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 get it kind of flat. It's still going to be like a quarter to a half an inch thick at this point. Then fold your wax paper over. Okay. Now this is where your salmon's going to come into play because you need to know how large your pieces of salmon are specifically for this recipe. These were eight ounce salmon fillets that were about three quarters of an inch thick. Make sure the thickness is uniform as well, because it's going to change the cooking time. If you have fish pieces that are just kind of varying thicknesses. You'll need to start the thicker one earlier and cook it for longer, you know, so try to have a consistent thickness and a consistent size. So that way, you know, you don't have to muck about. Okay. So take the herbed butter with the wax paper, flatten it out, and then you can get a rolling pin or you can just use like a, a spatula. Be careful because wax paper does rip rather easily. I found that out the hard way when I made an herbed butter encrusted steak a few weeks ago. <laughs> So yeah, you want to make sure that you're careful with it, but flatten it out so it's nice and flat. You're talking like, you're talking about an eighth of an inch thick is about where you want to land on this. And then you're going to transfer the flattened out butter into the refrigerator to harden. Okay. Now you're ready to cook your fish. So get your oven to 375 degrees. You're going to take your lemon that you zested for the herbed butter and you're going to cut it in half and then you're going to cut two slices off of each of the halves. So you're just kind of left with the ends of the lemon with a little bit of that lemon pulp in there. So you have enough to squeeze over the fish at the ends. So you want to make sure kind of cut it into thirds, cut each half into thirds. So you should have six pieces of lemon altogether. Arrange a bunch of dill and then lemons on a small baking sheet. The one that I had was just big enough for the two eight ounce fillets that we had. Get it ready, set it aside. You don't need it for right now. Essentially, the four slices of lemon, you're going to want to arrange them in pairs on the sheet because that's what your fish is actually going to rest on top of. The rest of it's just going to kind of be dill to just perfume it, add a little bit of aromatics. And honestly, I mean, if you look at the episode art, it just adds so much contrast to it. When you look at it, it looks so gorgeous when you look at it. It really does. Add some olive oil to a large skillet, turn it to mid-high. 
You're going to get some salt and some cracked black pepper. Season both of the fillets really well. And you're going to sear them skin side up for two and a half minutes, give or take. Now, this is where you're going to want to be careful because generally speaking, you're still doing a mid-high sear. Even if your piece of fish is thicker, you're not going to want to add time here because you're just going to end up burning the top of the fish anyway. So if your piece of fish is thicker than three quarters of an inch, make sure you're adding to the oven time, not to the searing time, because I don't want you guys to burn your fish, okay? Once it's done, take it off of the heat, and then you're going to transfer the fish skin side down onto the baking sheet. So put your pieces of fish, arrange them nicely right on that baking sheet, right on top of the lemon and the dill. Then you're going to get your herbed butter out of the fridge and you're going to basically take the flattened sheets and you're going to cut the wax paper in the shape of your salmon filet and just peel the wax paper off. Take that like nice thin plate kind of, I guess, I don't know how else to refer to it, of herbed butter and just place it right on top of your salmon. Pop that guy in 375 for 12 to 15 minutes. If you're thicker here, you're going to want to air on the side of, say, 15 minutes. I would say an inch thick, you'd probably end up going more in the 15-minute range, but you're going to want to check it. If you're concerned about it, it should flake apart and just fall apart right off of the skin just so, so perfectly. Remove it from the oven, let it rest for about five to seven minutes. And what happens in the oven is that herbed butter will just melt and all those herbs will just settle right down onto the surface, onto the meat of that fish. And, oh, I have been converted. I love salmon. This was honestly one of the best meals that I have had in a very long time. I was blown away by how good this turned out. I could not believe that this turned out as good as it did. So please, if you guys like salmon, this is definitely something that you need to try. And this is definitely in terms of complexity or anything like that. I would honestly say this is pretty easy. As long as you pay attention to your times, make sure you get consistent thickness, make sure you don't bump up your searing time because you don't want to burn the fish, bump up your oven time if you have something bigger. You could probably also adapt this recipe for like a nice big like salmon steak or something like that, a huge piece of salmon. I don't see why you couldn't use this same recipe for the same thing as long as you just get a big chunk of herbed butter, a big plate of it and put it right over the top of the whole thing. You're going to add a little bit more time to it when you're putting putting it in the oven, but the result should still be the same. And that is going to do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I hope that you guys check out this recipe. I hope that you guys check out all of these recipes. Please feel free to check them out. I post them over on the Facebook page and I post them pretty much everywhere that I can. So you guys have full access to them. Do not be afraid to reach out to me to ask questions again on social media at Nikolai's Kitchen, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'll be happy to answer any questions or post any additional instructions because Lord knows I probably forgot something in the instructions somewhere along the way. But I will definitely post all of the information whenever and if ever that becomes the case. Stay tuned next week, ladies and gentlemen. French onion soup which was of course supposed to be episode three that episode's already recorded it's already done it's already ready to go but it had to get bumped because thanksgiving was a thing and you guys wanted a thanksgiving episode and hey i love you guys and i wanted to give you something that you wanted if you love me if you love listening to this show if you love you know hearing what i have to say about cooking and you want me to grow in this 
thing of podcasting. I don't have that huge, you know, you know, influx of, of support that we always had from Epic film guys. I'm just basically starting out completely fresh. So I need your help. Head over to Apple podcasts. The link is down in the show notes. Please go to Apple podcasts and leave the show a five-star review. Let them know that you love the show. It will bump me up in their rankings, bump me up in their searches. So more people will be able to find the show. Please, please, please. If you haven't had a chance to do this, I would be eternally grateful. This weekend, I'm also going to be baking Christmas cookies, which are going to be going out to patrons. I was actually looking up different containers and different shipping methods last night, and I think I've got everything kind of settled in terms of that, and I'm just finalizing the actual types of cookies that I want to make. And Rebecca and I are going to crack into making some Christmas cookies this weekend. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so much for listening. Make sure you stay tuned later in the week for that cranberry sauce. Quick bite. And until next time, I absolutely love you so much. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Mm